Hello and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argyris, and this week I'm looking for the best book ever by Georgette Heyer. Wait, and who? to help us, wait, Nick, can you? Who is Georgette? Nick, Heyer, you Nick? said can that you? very, very authoritatively. Yeah, like like you, you maybe have heard of her. Before. I think we've all heard like, of her. Uh, we mm, all cherish Miss Heyer deeply. Um, yeah. Go on. I think well, I think we all know that she was born in 1902 in Wimbledon, London. Good, um, of course, and yes. of course, was her spouse was George Gershwin. <laughs> yeah, hey, Nick is not a fraud. He's got it. I, here, I doubted him when he introduced mm-hmm. George at Yeah, so, so back off. Nick knows how to prepare now. Mm-hmm. Of course, and every week. I think yeah. So I so back off. I think we're all on the same page here, and, and but but I need your help. <laughs> um, so uh, looking for her best book to help me, of course, are two high school English teachers, Ian and Joe. Hi, my name's Hi. Joe Holshue. I'm Hi. a high school English teacher. Oh, that's Nick, nice. It's, it's good. I, I'm Very just trying good, to beat Joe. Ian to the punch on all the stupid puns this week. Um, hmm. it, Nick, if you want to read a book by George Ed Heyer, I read Cotillion this week and I thought it was D delightful um for the purposes of the show i will say it's her best book ever although it is the only one by her i've ever read so okay. nick can tell Keep you that that's to amazing. the chest joe next time <laughs> i just want to share kind of my some of what i heard when joe said d <laughs> and then he paused for a long time i thought he was gonna say it was decent okay <laughs> it was decent <laughs> hello you renegade rakes Today, my name mm-hmm. is the Viscount Ian de Jonga. I'm a high school English teacher, and if you're looking for the best book by Georgette Heyer, look He's no further. Italian. Loyal Lithead Rachel W. and I both would like to recommend <laughs> Devil's Cub. Oh, that's a pretty Devil's good name. Cub. Ooh, that's a Devil's good name. Cub. Devil's Cub. Right off the Cub. bat, one point to Rachel. It feels yeah. weird, though. Like, Devil's Rachel is so menacing, home. and then Cub is just like... A cute, cute little thing. Like Rachel, we're going to need you to keep track of the points on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> May your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders. Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. If you look closely <laughs> enough, every author was at some point a racist. Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who told you that? Fun fact, that is how Joe laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Great. Hey, so I don't know anything about this author. Um, so pretty, pretty tough for me to make small talk. Mm. I have, I have a question for Joe. Huh? Yeah. Joe, yeah, I'm here. Famously, on last week's episode, you were painted into a corner where you have to say yes to something every week. Yes. <laughs> oh yes. Oh my God. Yeah. And so yep. naturally, and, and Ian I remembered. put in a, I put in a Google Calendar alert, which is <laughs> never ending. Oh, no. Does it go infinitely? I did not mark a day when this will end. So, Joe, what did you say yes to this week? And you cannot uh, say, I said yes to reading Georgette Higher because that is the coppest of cop-outs. 
Well, I don't know. Your author from last week was like, I said yes to being single, or, which just meant that she broke up with her boyfriend, which I felt was really He's like- He's evading a double, the question, a Your Honor. No, I did say yes this week. Um, uh, in my year of yes, I said yes to remodeling our bedroom this week. Um, yeah, we did We did like the whole shebang. We we painted walls. We got a different bed. We did do nightstands. Like we did some Craigslist wheeling and dealing. Um, I say we- This is why people say I, no. Yeah, yeah. All I actually did was like swap out some outlets while my wife did almost all of that other stuff. And I also screwed it up the first time. So, so I rewired all the outlets in our bedroom and then I went to turn them on like confidently like and said that there be light and then there was not light and then I had to redo it. Right. Just just said yes to basic electrician. <laughs> yep. So in my year of yes, I said yes to a bedroom remodel. Work. Great. Wow, that's that's an inspiring and uplifting. Well done. Well, I'm looking forward to saying yes to one of these books. Ooh, what a nice transition. Nice transition. Thank you. Thank you. Nick. A preemptive thank you to everybody. Hey, Nick, go ahead and take one of Rachel's points. (laughs) Give me that point, Rachel. Rachel, are you keeping track of this? (laughs) I'm going to need that back. Uh, well, welcome, Litheads, to You Don't Know Lit, uh, weekly, or as we call it, Strongly Podcast, where uh, every week we pick a genre or a theme, as we call it, and um, we, we find the best, the best of the best, and uh, Ian and Joe bring a book to compete. And, um, of course, we have some rules to keep us on track. Uh, of course, rule number one is only unavoidable spoilers, preferably none, gentlemen. And uh, rule number two is omit needless words. That is directed towards yeah. Joe, but it... Thank also you. goes to people like uh, Ian and myself. Um, and then rule number three is um, winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi. And now um, we pause for Ian's shadow rules. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, pause 10 seconds for station identification and also my shadow rules, which are, Should as always, they, as never, always. they never change. Rattle the dice. Swish the swords. Drink the wine and you're a rake. You know that you're one. You're a lord. So yeah. No, the famous shadow rules. Um, I, at this point, they're becoming redundant. I mean, I, I might need to retire them at some point because people are coming up to me on the street and screaming them in my face. Right. <laughs> people are sending you Google notifications to remember the rules on your calendar. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do. They do. Yeah, it's yeah. um. It's getting boring, honestly. You yeah. know, I, I heard that when Will uh, Will Smith was doing the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the one, the one piece of advice he got from the guy that played Carlton is he said, look, if they let you pick your name, pick the name Will, because people are going to call you this on the street for the rest of your life, which is why Will Smith's character in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is named Will. That's, That's brilliant. Great. It's really good. Is this a new segment called... Facts about facts. the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> I'm still working on the title. Uh, yeah, you guys, I'm really jazzed about this episode. I I'm pretty pumped too. Yeah, like, it's, this is God. just fun. These are fun books to read. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's a blast. Cool. I want to hear about them. So, Joseph, do you want to take 30 seconds to tell me uh, what your book is all about and some I stuff? Would love to. Nick Cotillion is D. Lightful. It's full of wonderful characters, hilarious dialogue, 
hijinks, capers, mix-em-ups, bamboozling, ivory turners, and so, 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 so much Edwardian slang. It's like Bridgerton without all that boring and tasteless sex. Uh, It's a romp, (laughs) and according to Wikipedia, one of the most lighthearted of Hire's romances. I wouldn't know since this is the first Hire novel I've never read. I've ever read. Whoops. And Nick, you would love this book. Nick, oh, 30 seconds. Eat it, dorks. Not bad. Joe, what's Edwardian? That's a great uh, question. We'll go there. Yeah, first. so Edwardian like refers to the time that uh it, it's a British monarchy thing, like refers to the time that Edward was king. This is actually what they call like a regency novel, like during the regency period, which I think was the time when there was no clear successor to the throne, so there was a king or queen regent instead. Uh, it's it's the time that I think, Ian, please correct me with your PhD in Shakespeare, uh, but I believe it's the time that immately preceded Queen Victoria coming to the throne. Um, yeah, generally, that, it, sounds, that sounds about right. Yeah, more or less. Vaguely. <coughs> No, he, he's he's right. Lock this is in. um, it was named after the the Edwardian era is named after a guy named Edward who was in charge. He was the boss. They did this. They did this with history. They would say, "Who's the king at this point?" A guy named George. We'll call in, it the Georgian period. Victoria yeah. called the Victorian period. Yeah, easy. We're in the Biden period. Uh, Argerian would be in, <laughs> in, in, lieu, in lieu of real rulership on this show. <laughs> we are going through it. <laughs> An Argerian period. <laughs> We're toiling in the twilight no man's land of the Argerian yeah. era. <laughs> the Argerian Yikes. era. Oh, man. Also known as the Dark Ages. Uh, Ian, do you, want, do you want... The clang of swords, the crash of pistols, the sloshing of wine and goblets, the thunder of a stagecoach, the moist noises of kissing. Oh. These are just <laughs> a few of the sounds you'll imagine as you read Georgette Heyer's novel, Devil's Cub in which a reckless nobleman and a proper young lady are thrown together and discover that maybe, just maybe, they're meant for each other. It's a love story, baby. Just say yes. It's like a movie trailer at the end. It's a love story, baby. In a world. Just say yes. It's like a, a menacing love story. Just say yes. A little creepy. When, when well, listen, folks, together, I spent there, most of yesterday whispering and most of today talking, so I have about 2% of my voice left. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> We're going to need uh, all of those percentages. Yep. You know, burn um, through them. Well, Ian, save your 2%. Um, Joe, why don't you kick, why don't you kick us off? Ah, uh, excellent. I am so excited, Nick, because I want to start today with a with a game. Okay, good. Is it going to be not the same game that you guys have brought for like the past <laughs> five times in a row? Over and over and over. <laughs> We're going to play uh, one fair. of our favorite games, the same one. <laughs> no, Zoot is a modern classic, but I did not bring Zoot to lore uh, today. Instead, I brought a game called Higher or Higher, or uh, perhaps <laughs> Can You Take Me Higher? I haven't decided on the name yet. I right. think We'll I think workshop it as we higher. play the game, Yeah, as all good games work. This is the way the game works. I'm going to give you a fact, a biographical fact about either Georgette Heyer or the band Creed. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> and you, of course, have to guess, is this higher? Uh, that would be Creed or is it higher? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Hey, you Joe? can just say like Georgette or Creed. Yes. I just wanted to let you know that in this very moment, I'm very proud that you're my brother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> I would also like to point out um, this game was kind of hard to make because, believe it or not, in the Venn diagram of their two lives, not that much overlap. <laughs> uh, 
I wonder. Let's see. I wonder. <laughs> okay, so for example, um, if I was said something like, um, they invented the genre of historical romance and regency romance, you would say George Higher. And if I said they're from Tallahassee, Florida. <laughs> uh, is okay. this the first question? Okay, no, no, no. Uh, okay, oh, that uh, was a practice round. That was Ian. a practice round. That was a practice okay, round. Okay, good. Thank God. Okay. Um, I'm also have to get, going to have to be very vague about singular and plural pronouns and gender mm. in my pronouns. Just so say that. Right. They's fine. Yeah. They, 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 they. Yep. Their first successful work was dedicated to Brother Boris and created while they were still a teenager. Their first successful work was dedicated to the Brother Boris and dedic- and created while still a teenager. Uh, Nick mm. or Ian? Am I talking about Georgette Heyer, um, famous famous Regency uh, romance novelist, or am I talking about Creed, uh, one of the prominent acts of the post-grunge movement? Hmm. Uh, yeah, you, I, I believe that was I believe that was the answer. I'm not sure what's happening, but that was my you buzzer. Have to say? It's oh. called a throwback to the Jeopardy episode. The Jeppisode. Um <laughs> mm-hmm. Who is Creed? Who is Creed? I uh, got wait for. You gotta wait yeah, for I think Nick gets to answer, too. Nick, what do you think? Boy, I didn't like that um, hissing noise that you made. I'm going to go with <laughs> the, Georgette that Heyer. That the hiss of no. <laughs> uh, not to just like over-explain my answer a little bit here, but I've almost never heard of a band having a brother. <laughs> Great point. Great point. There are, well, there are like lead singers in bands and stuff like that. But no, this mm. was Georgette Heyer. Um, she yes. had a brother named Boris which is a good brother name. Uh, and he was like a sickly lad and she would uh, mm. tell him stories. She would like make up these long stories and her dad would overhear them. And at one time he said, Hey, you should write that down and try to publish it. Uh, and she did. <laughs> she was 17 years old. Sweet. Good, good on her dad. Yeah. Good on dad. It, it led to a, a career. She ended up writing something like 50, 54 novels, uh, like 48 of them were still in publish at the time. We're still uh, published at the time that she, that she died. Um, yeah. We're still like actively circulating at the time that she died. What? How old was she when she died? Uh, she died in 1970, I want to say. Okay. And as we can all recall, I made a right. joke about her being born in 1900 something. So about 70 years old, 60, 70? 1974 mm-hmm. she died. So yeah, she was probably yeah. about 70. Probably yeah. about 70 years old. Okay. New fact in higher or higher. They determined that publicity was not necessarily good for sales and for the rest of their lives, refuse to grant interviews. I mean, I think we all want to say Creed. Famously quiet band. <laughs> oh, Ian, thank you for ringing in first. Uh, who is Georgette Heyer? Mm, Georgette Heyer, why, what, do you have any rationale? Um, I just think that this is the kind of thing that happens when you write a lot of really popular books. You either like revel in it, or you're like, I'm going to be a I'm going to be a, a recluse. A recluse. Yeah. That's how it's pronounced, Ian. Thank you. <laughs> Pronunciation expert. Yep. Nick, Nick Argyris. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Argyrian era. era. Yeah, the thank Argerians. you. Very nice. Mm. Um, yeah, okay. We're ready uh, for that answer then. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is Georgette Heyer. Um, in fact, she... She published her first novel during a general strike, uh, which is apparently a thing that used to happen during a general strike. So like there was no media coverage of it, like there was no reviews published of it. Um, but 
it still was pretty successful and made a bunch of money. So she thought, you know what? I don't think I'm going to do this media thing. It seems like a lot of screwing around. She said, I'll let my work do the talking. I'll let my work do the talking. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. So um, as of right now, I don't know what the points are. Do you guys know what the points we're, are? No, they don't we're, matter. We're tied. Each of us you has yeah, we're tied. I think points. I'm yeah, I think I might be winning a little bit, but yeah. Right. You were tied, but Nick has like the the, the edge. The competitive um, advantage is what I would call it. Mm. <sighs> would you call it that? Yeah, I just did. Great. <laughs> What's Third the next fact. one? Third <laughs> fact in higher or higher. They attempted suicide Ooh. by leaping 40 God. feet from a Miami balcony. They attempted suicide by leaping 40 feet from a Miami balcony. Uh, I believe that was Ian, since he's the only one that buzzes in in this game. That's right. (laughs) Um, My answer is clearly Creed, because Georgette Heyer famously said, I wouldn't go to America if you paid me a million (laughs) dollars. And I certainly wouldn't be caught dead in Miami. She finished that quote. (laughs) Starting with Miami. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Ian, that is correct. Uh, ah. In fact, in 2006, Scott Stapp, uh, obviously the lead singer of Creed, I don't need to remind you guys, he attempted obviously. suicide by leaping off of a Miami hotel balcony. Uh, he fractured his skull, broke oh. his hip and nose, and was discovered by rapper T.I. Mm, nice. Wow. Yeah. To this day, Stapp credits T.I. For, um, for saving his life. Well, as you would. I I think if I jumped 40 feet and fractured my skull and the rest of my body, I would credit the person who found me with with being the person who saved my life. Especially if it was T.I. And rapper T.I. Well, Uh, I I, I would credit them no matter who it was. Right. But But I think we all have. Especially rapper T.I. What a a nice, fun, dark, extremely dark um, phase in the game, Joe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. I have one. I have one more fact. This person has a sex video with Kid Rock. Good God. <laughs> Obviously, Georgette Heyer. <laughs> no, the, the math doesn't line up there, Joe. Which no, member it, of Creed has a sex tape? And then also, please don't tell us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I had to include this one because there's such an amazing quote that comes after it. Um, Good. After, uh, the, after the video? Yeah, after the video, at the very end, Scott Stapp looks into the lens and says, he just reads a Georgette higher quote. Yeah, no, there uh, there was a sex video. Um, they were not having sex with each other. They were both having sex with different with different oh, women. Um, and it was Kid Rock and the lead singer of Creed. Um, oh. Afterwards, when Kid Rock was asked about it, if he was embarrassed, he said he was mainly embarrassed that people learned he was hanging out with the lead singer of Creed. <laughs> <laughs> that is apparently a real quote, which is both mean and really funny. That's a good And burn. also, if you're the lead singer of Creed, you're probably saying like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like Kid Rock. I thought we were cool. I thought we were cool. Well, the idea that, especially, no disrespect to Mr. Rock, but of course, the idea that the the idea that Kid Rock would be like, that's too low for me. Is, <laughs> Can you yeah. imagine Kid Rock being offended by your presence? <laughs> 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 oh, wow. Kid Rock looks at you and he's like, Ugh. all right. So um, George, George Ed Heyer and uh, Creed obviously have tons of overlap, but I've got some other stuff for you from um, from Georgette Heyer. She, <laughs> about Creed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, guys, all my prep this week is about Creed. I also Famously, Georgette Heyer predicted the rise of Creed <laughs> in her 1965 book, This One Song. 
<laughs> oh man um hire was prolific as we talked about already um she wrote like 54 novels a ton of them were still in circulation like she was a like a working writer some of these writers you know they they're like one and done mm-hmm. not georgette 50 books she, in, in 50 years you know approximately right yeah she actually wrote during her writing life she wrote two a year um i don't know how the math works out on that but she wrote one romance every year and one detective novel every year. And guys, I don't want, like, I think she might be stepping on our toes a little bit. Her first detective novel is called Why Shoot a Butler, which is, it's a pretty great title. Uh We didn't think of it. Yeah. I'm interested. This is a book, he said. Sorry, I was looking up the sex tape, Um, (laughs) which I will be watching as we record this episode. Oh, Oh, God. now you said she wrote a book about butlers. She I, did. She I wrote smell, a book called "What? Sh- Why Shoot a Butler?" Oh man, I feel like but, this should there should be some nice nods to this book in our mm. in our book. Too many butlers. The butler is the victim in this one. Right. That's good. I mean, right. Well, back, back when I was back when I was doing my PhD, like one of the scariest things was looking around. Oh, I want to write uh, an essay about this, googling right. it up, looking on the the library website or whatever, discovering, oh yeah, someone's done that exact thing. Yeah. Um, right, that's right. horrifying. Does it exist? Right. That needs to be a website. I think it's called Google actually. I think <laughs> we dodged a major now. bullet here guys, but what this is telling me is we need to get on it and we need right. to stop googling anything because we might accidentally discover that somebody else has done our our thing. Putting yeah, just like write what tape. you want to write. Just do it better. Sex tape, George at Well, it sounds um, like, yeah. Well, it sounds like the butler was the victim where in our series, uh, mm. the butler always did the murder. <laughs> Is that, I didn't know if we decided on that one. I thought butlers were also solving crimes. Yeah, it, well, in my head, gonna, the butlers are the detectives. Not to get ahead because obviously like I'm not in charge here. We're each going to write different chapters. But mm-hmm. no matter what happens, I think we'll probably try to like, you know, trick the audience into thinking it's somebody else oh, but of spoilers uh, it's definitely the butler guys it's it's the butler the did butler. it that's there's like, gonna be so many red herons yeah. guys you are going to think it's not the butler but we are there's telling you right no now like way it, is, it was the butler yeah totally no the it, butler. it was the butler we are telling it is the butler you're not gonna think so it's gonna be a real severus snape situation book yeah. one harry potter but mm-hmm. like it was definitely the butler harry potter hey can you All tell right. us about your book yeah, I, yeah, I have nothing else to say about her. The only other, I guess, the only other thing I would say is her romances were like way more popular than her mysteries. Um, her romances would sell like a hundred thousand copies each, and her mysteries would sell like ten thousand copies each. So that's it. There's a bunch of other cool stuff. Oh, except this is actually one last fun fact. Okay. Um, she, she was so secretive and refused publicity so much that when she died and they published her obituary, they used her married name as you would maybe expect in her obituary. Uh, however, Georgette Heyer is not her married name. That is a nom de plume. I believe it's her maiden name. Her fans learned her married name Whoa. from her obituary, <laughs> which is just so amazing. Incredible. There is a rich, rich uncle who has adopted like, uh, like, I guess it's his daughter, right? Like, but it's his adopted daughter. His friend died. He adopted his daughter. Okay. Okay. Great. The uncle's about to die. Like he kind of feels like, yep, good guy. A bit bit miserly, 
a bit cantankerous, right? Like kind of a Scrooge, but mm-hmm. like takes so care of uncles. like so many uncles, but takes care of his, his adopted daughter. Mm-hmm. He realizes that he's going to die sooner rather than later. So he wants to set his daughter up in a good marriage, his adopted daughter up in a good marriage. Her name's Kitty. I'll, I'll start calling her Kitty. He okay. wants to set Kitty up in a good marriage. He also has a bunch of nephews and he doesn't really like his nephews that much. These are like grand nephews. He doesn't really like his nephews that much, but he does feel like he has a familial obligation to leave his fortune to them. So one day he invites his four nephews over and he tells Kitty, as one does daughter. Yes, one does. And he says, Hey, I want to leave one of you my fortune. I also want to leave it to Kitty. One of you has to marry Kitty. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say one of you has to kill Kitty. That would be cool, too. <laughs> That'd be a very different book. Wait, yeah. did you say this is a thriller or a romance? Because this sounds like the setup for a classic romance. It, it, it like literally starts in a parlor. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it is it is a romance here. Um, okay. Okay. How Kitty, rich are we talking? We're talking like uh, real rich. Yeah. We're like talking $50. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Like we're real rich and and, and this guys. is this is the time period of what the twenties, the thirties. Uh, this would be like the fifties, eighteen. Ian, help me. 18. Oh, 18. Wait, yeah. what era? What Ian wants to know, or I'm sorry, Nick. Uh, the My name is Nick. Area. Nick wants to know when this is when she's writing her book. Is the it Regency set? Novels, is it set in the Regency era? It is set in the Regency. Oh, era. and that's like the 1770s, 80s, 90s. There okay. you go. So it yep, could be fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it probably was fifty dollars. At one point, they say um, he has a salary, like he has a uh, a fortune that that he's allowed to take, like something like twenty thousand pounds per year. So it's substantial. So she is tasked with marrying one of her like cousins, kind of. She's adopted, so it's not weird, but she has to kind of marry one of her cousins. Okay. And here's the thing. So okay, yep, keep yep. going. She's super into one of her cousins, this guy named Jack. Okay, can we stop she, calling them her cousins? Is that <laughs> is that possible? Yep, absolutely. I'm, okay. I'm just going to throw in here right now that my book explicitly disavows cousins getting married. There you go. And Kitty's okay. adopted, so it's fine. Okay, sure. Yes. <laughs> it's so, a late in life adoption, right? Oh. <laughs> uh, She's got to marry one of them. She's super into one of them, but he's just not that into her. Or at least like he's kind of, he wants the fortune, but he's kind of playing the field. In fact, he doesn't even show up for this. So Kitty gets one of her uh, suitors, not cousins, to propose to her to make Jack jealous. Oh. And the hijinks start. And and the hijinks ensues. This this strikes me as one of the story, one uh, like a story about just a story. Like it does, you shouldn't really look into too much of the aspects of uh, what what's going on. For example, um, how they're all willing to do anything for money. Um, <laughs> so that's not great. Uh, maybe like, so like, did, maybe her... Nick, it's not trying to send like a deep message about yeah, the state yeah. of the right. universe. We're not talking about themes. We're not talking about like no. symbolism or imagery. Like we're, t- it's like, hey, it's a story about like a girl and her suitors <laughs> who like mm-hmm. all want the uncle's fortune. Maybe we should just uh, define 
uh, one of my favorite words to describe a book, which is a romp, a fun book, it, uh, a, it romp. Is a romp. And, and maybe let's just define that for for all, all all continuity moving forward. In my opinion, a romp is something that you should not look into at all. This is just a book to not think about. It's a book to enjoy and have some fun and to romp around with. Kind of like kind of like maybe a blockbuster movie where if you pay attention to like all the details and plot holes, you're like. You start to get disappointed in it, but if you just enjoy the explosions and the lasers, it's a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, love it. So tell us about the lasers, Joe. Now, what, yep. what is her? That's ex- now, I feel like you got to the point in the plot in which you can no longer tell us anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, in fact, I think what I want to do here is I just want to give you like a, a tour, a tour of the lasers, if you will. Right? Like that's what we're here <laughs> a to tour do. Tour de laser. A tour de laser. So next. Written down a few things that I think you would really enjoy about the book. Okay. Great. Okay. One of her suitors is a guy named Lord Dolphington. Dolph, (laughs) they call him. Let me guess. Hey, Uh Joe, you should have done a game where you were like, I'll give you the name and you tell me if you think he's a weak-chinned imbecile or (laughs) potentially a cool guy. I'm going to guess weak-chinned. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, here's the thing. Weak, weak chin, but not in like a sniveling way, in like a really endearing way. Like he's he's really slow. Like he's not that sharp. He only proposes to Kitty because his horrible mother makes him. Uh, right. Like he actually says that while he's proposing. He's like, look, I'm really sorry. I don't want to bother you. My this mom is, is making good. me propose. It's can great. I guess? Can I guess the other three? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I would love that, Nick. <laughs> okay. All right, so we got the mama's boy out of the way. Uh huh. <laughs> the guy who's like, I just want to play video games, and his mom's like, No, you're gonna get rich. Nick, what are the other character archetypes? Lay them on us. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go strong chinned this time. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That's, this that's, guy. This any, guy any has other it all. Characteristics. Uh, this okay. guy is confident. He is uh, handsome, mm-hmm. um, and ultimately just not very smart. That's my guess. Uh, so you are really close to describing Jack, and Jack is the <laughs> Jack is the Jack. suitor yep. who she's really into. He's super handsome. He's yeah. super like Surface. suave, debonair, but he's kind of a jerk, and and not just kind right. of a jerk. He's like really a jerk. Um, and Kitty, as the novel goes on, kind of learns more about his about his jerkiness. Yeah, okay. Nick, I got, two, two other yeah. suitors. Any, I got another any. one coming for you in hot. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy, they get along swimmingly. All right, and and this is gonna this is gonna definitely connect with the, the fourth one here. All right, it's gonna be a swaparoo. I'm gonna guess that this one guy is that it, she gets along with him really well. Same sentiments, uh, funny, all these charming things, but he's just not into her. Uh, however, mm, there's another guy. He's just guy. not that into you. Yeah, he's just not into you, um, which is uh, a book we're working on. Um, and uh, and then the other guy is really into her, but they don't have anything in common. And then he's she's going to go after that guy that they have nothing in common with. But in the end, the other one is going to decide that they should be together. Is that how it ends? Okay, um, ki- kind of. You're 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 not <laughs> so far off. <laughs> okay, you're not Great. so far off. There's definitely like another guy who she has like a lot in common with. They pal around all the time. Um, in fact, everything is copy. This is the one who she convinces to like propose to her to make Ooh. Jack jealous. Yeah. Is this, a spo- um, this is a spoiler. Not, well, no, this is the, everything I've talked about so far happens in the first like three chapters of the book of like a of like a 16 chapter book. So like not 
crazy spoiler territory. Okay. Yeah, like she convinces them. They're, they like pal around. They have this like great scene where she goes, she's going to London for the first time. It's a real like country mouse going to the city sort of situation. Wants to see the sights. And he, mm-hmm. she wants to, to go on a sightseeing tour of London. So she asks Freddie, who is just awesome. Like just one of the best characters I've read in a long time. She says, Freddie, you're my, enge- like I'm engaged to you. You're my betrothed. I think you should show me a lo- around London. And Freddie has like no interest in this, but is it's his year of yes. Like he's like, he's like, okay, fine. <laughs> nice. You want me to show you around London? Crossover. I'll show you around London. So they have a guidebook that they follow and it's, it's hilarious. Nick, uh, that's all I'm going to say about it. Joe, uh, did you like this book? Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Um, Georgette Hire, Georgette, uh, by the way, I learned in my research that her name is actually pronounced Georgette Hare, um, which Ooh, really ruins the title of my really, game. Yeah, yeah throws a... Everyone I know who reads her books says higher. So I think we're good. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Are they, so, are they from, are they British? No, but they really, really love Georgette higher. So I, I think yeah. I trust them. Yeah, fair enough. Going into this week, I had never heard of Georgette higher, but throughout this week, I was talking to a handful of people and I was saying, Hey, I'm reading this book this week. It's by Georgette higher. Have you ever heard of her? And like 80% of people were like, Nope, never heard of her. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. But there is a significant amount of people who would like look at you and they would say something along the lines of George at Hire is one of the most important authors in my life. Right. right? Like I love George at Hire. I have read everything she's ever wow. written. Yeah. Like so. If you I, know, you know. Love it or list it. Am I right? If, if you know, you know. Love it or list it. You guys. Yes. Very, very uh, adroit. Um, so, so I loved <laughs> this book. I thought it was fantastic. It was fun. It wasn't anything I agree, Nick, that you have to read too deeply into. It was an absolute romp. Like it's filled with like fake French cousins. It's filled with like, um, like beautiful young women. There's, it's like an Earl who wants to marry a common woman at one point. Like, it's just, it's, I don't know. It feels like, it feels like the origin of what good rom-coms are now is almost what it is is almost what it seems like sure. there's a ha- it's a handful of guys that suck and one that she really should be with but she likes the other guy like it's it's awesome i loved it loved it hmm. cool it sounds fun i'm into yeah, it a little so mystery rom- some romance so is it less about just to be clear is it less about mystery than about romance it's it, it, it's, it's a mystery romance it is know. not about mystery at all i think I don't it's know. pretty clear <laughs> Okay. I thought for some reason this was going to be a thriller with like murders and such. No, no murders. Okay. No murders, no sex, just good, clean, fun. Good, clean, Edwardian fun. Great. Argyrian fun. Argyrian fun. (laughs) Have you guys learned any new skills recently? Mm, I'm also thinking. Well, Joe, you learned how to say yes to things. I did learn how to say yes. Hey, I also learned how to wire wire those plugs um, yeah. correctly. After hey, after a couple tries, I learned to wire those plugs. It seems like maybe Nick hasn't learned any any new skills recently. And Joe, I think we should do something about that. I think we can help him. I haven't learned anything that's on brand for this podcast specifically, Ian. That's um, fine. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay. You're fine. Joe, we should just go ahead and teach him some new skills next week. I'm going to bring a book which is not particularly about teaching new skills, but it's about learning new skills and um, a person who does. And also, 
is involved in a murder investigation and eats oh, a lot of grits. This book is called <laughs> Where the Crawdads Sing, and it's by Delia Owens. And you know what? This book, when it came out, a whole Google Google search <laughs> analytics charted a whole big increase in people searching what is a crawdad. What is a crawdad? I I've bet. heard a lot about this book, and I'm very excited to hear about it. Hey, Joe, what do you got? Yeah, well, now I'm nervous because he should be. It, it, Nick's already stakes. on board. He's like, I, I already love this book. Ian's already won. Um, mm-hmm. I want to bring a book that's explicitly about learning new skills, not some like hoity-toity metaphorical way, but like actually like that if you want to learn something, this is what you do. Uh, it's called Atomic Habits, uh, Swept the World in 2018-2019 by a guy named James Clear. Uh, subtitle, Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results. James Clear. Atomic I think we can all agree that learning new skills is, that's just great. Who wouldn't want that? What's not to like? What's not to like? Hey, Ian. Yeah. Hey, Ian. Yeah. I'm really excited to hear about your book. I think I need to begin with a, uh, do you guys know the, the phrase mea culpa? Uh, mm. Yes, but I don't know what it means. It means like, it's- my bad. My bad. Yeah, like I apologize. It's hey, like sorry, when guys. you're a nincompoop. So instead of apologizing, I could just say my culpa. Well, you wouldn't mm-hmm. say my culpa, you because that sounds like some actor. My culpa. You would my. say mea culpa, but it's mea. basically when you're trying to be when you've been a nincompoop and you have to acknowledge your nincompoopery. I'm going to hereby blast out my nincompoopery vis-a-vis Georgia at higher. So for years. My esteemed wife and my esteemed mother-in-law have been singing the praises of Georgette Heyer. Georgette Heyer is the best. You should read Georgette Heyer. She is great. She is amazing. She writes such good books. Read them, Ian. Read them. Please read them. Mm-hmm. Um, when Here's how far it goes. When my wife is sick, like when she's like under the weather, she reads Georgette Heyer books to help her feel better. It's like her oh. happy place. My mother-in-law nice. kind of hunts down out-of-print Georgette Heyer titles online so she can read them because she's so hungry for more Georgette. So I've always resisted this because I'm a snob and narrow, narrow-minded right. little fool. And I'm always mm-hmm. like, well, no, it's too it's too mainstream for me. But I'm here to say I was wrong about Georgette Hire. You can put this in the freaking bank. Uh, I absolutely blazed through this book. It was a blast. Um, I am ashamed that I resisted so long. And I am legitimately interested in reading another Georgette Hire book some other time. This is very healthy, Ian. It is. It is, Ian. Uh, tremendous growth on your part. I do like the idea of. I do <laughs> really on. like the idea of Ian yes, being really like that book that was written in 1948 about an era 200 years ago is way too mainstream. I'm not reading that crap. You know, not to dive into a real, real moment here, but I feel this way about most books. I feel like there is a great shame that most people feel when they read a book that is very popular for the first time. And I think that's fucking bullshit. Like, just enjoy it. It, There's a lot of content out there. You don't have to watch all the Netflix shows. You don't have to read all the books. But when you get to it, it's got to mean something to you. And I'm glad you got there, Ian. Yeah. This is, this is, um, you piece of shit. Why don't you read it sooner? Your <laughs> wife loves this book. <laughs> uh, I, the lesson, the lesson is that, um, one should listen to one's spouse. That's <laughs> that the lesson. That's the, right. every, every week, you know, folks, every week we do bring a lesson and that's this week's moral. 
Um, um, you know, my wife accuses me sometimes. She's like, you know, if I recommend something, you don't do it. Like you don't listen to it. But if you read it from some stranger on the internet, suddenly it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, maybe if she walked around with 2000 upvotes, we'd listen to her. More. <laughs> 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 um, I'm just gonna tell you guys what this book is about real quick. I love so I love we kind of know where we're at. Uh, this much like much like Joe's book, um, one one could go easily be kind of spoiler, and I want to avoid that. So I think uh, I'm going to outsource this this week to uh, loyal head Rachel, who um, gets another 500 points for this um, as as oh, is right. Rachel's gonna win this week. Well, you know what? She might. Um, it to be tough to catch with 500 Ra- Rachel, points. Rachel Rachel summarizes this book. <laughs> So well, uh, I kept coming back to uh, how can I how can I tell you what this book is about without spoiling it? Um, she does a really good job. So I'm just going to I'm just going to read you guys what, what Rachel wrote. Here we go. Devil's Cub by George Ed Heyer is a historical romance and hilarious. Uh, in this book, the main character runs away. Follow along here, guys. The main character runs away with her sister's lover in an attempt to save her sister from mortal ruin. Uh, she, the, 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 the main character intends to leave the lover just as soon as he realizes he's got the wrong sister. But when he discovers his mistake, he decides to just keep her with him rather than letting her go. So she shoots him and falls in love with him and breaks up <laughs> one of his many duels. And then they do finally get their happy ending. And that is not a spoiler because it's a romance novel. It's yeah. like, you're not going to have a romance novel where they don't have a happy ending. Sounds like a lot of hijinks. Mix them ups. I mean, that's definitely not true, but it is true. Nick, I'll fight you on this. You want to yes, have a duel? I, a I do not thing. believe, I do not believe that romance novels can be romance novels if they don't have some kind of satisfying Ooh, romantic okay. conclusion. Yeah. I, right. I wanted you to defend your point, but you, 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 you got it. You're right. It's not a romance novel then. Or is well, it? Well, this is my thought. So I've got, I've got to tell us why we're wrong, Litheads. I've got a, I've got an idea here, which I want to bounce off you guys. Um, regarding sort of literature versus romance. A lot of people talk about romance as like trash. You know, it's 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 pulp. It's not it's not high quality um, elitist stuff, you know. Uh, but I think a, a key part of what we talk about as literary is the idea that the journey matters. So in, supposedly, we're told, in literary works, the journey matters more than the destination. It's not about like who ends up in throwing witch ring into witch cracks of doom. It's more about how they get there. So this is literary. This is like, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Except for short stories. Yum. Yeah, I'll just say yes and move on. <laughs> <laughs> good, good choice. A lot of highfalutin <laughs> fancy pants literature with a capital L claims to be about the journey, but also mm. I've noticed over the last like several years of teaching literature that a lot of literary success, a book works if the ending works, if the conclusion works, if it sticks the landing, if it ends in a good way, the book works. But if it doesn't, the book kind of falls apart. And I've actually talked to my students about this. We've kind of like batted around the idea of like a theory of the ending where the ending of literary works helps you understand the whole thing. This suggests to me that maybe for these literary books, it is about the destination. It's not about so much about the journey. Can I, can, can we just keep staying real for a second on this episode? (laughs) Can I, can I expound here, Ian? Yes, do so. 
it occurred to me the other day as I was sitting on the couch with my wife uh, for the hour and a half every day that we get to sit in silence in peace and um, mm-hmm. after our child has gone to bed. And Stare at your phones together, yeah. I think mm-hmm. that I think that some people care about plot more than other people. Mm, Full stop. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's sometimes it's like it's about the things that happen. And I think that's kind of the Marvel superhero side of the equation where it's like, yeah, I just want to see lasers. And then I think you have the other side where it's like, yeah, I want to like look deep inside my soul and and cry after this movie's done. I I just think it's like, but I think it's a scale or or like a range. I think that's pretty interesting because I've noticed that I, I, I do not care about spoilers. Nick, you're super averse to spoilers, right? And it's always yeah, like it's a rule on the show, Joe. Yeah, it's a rule on the show. <laughs> but like my I will not I drive it. my wife nuts because frequently when we are watching a movie, I will like be reading about the movie while we are watching. And I don't care <laughs> what like I'll I'll like read about the ending, I'll read That's about the actors, so whatever. My wife hates yeah. it, right? Yeah, we but all like, hate it, Joe. I guess what I'm saying is I'm not here for the plot. Like, like that's not what I enjoy about this movie. Like, I don't care how it ends. I just want to know how you get there. Like, I want right. to know what's happening between now and then. Right. And, and who these people are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I think the characters. So, so Nick and Joe, what you guys are talking about, I think another important facet to this is the characters. Are these people that we're interested in? Are these people who feel like human beings as opposed to sort of caricatures? So I, I've kind of like made this claim that, that the literary pretends to be all about the journey, but in fact, a lot of highbrow literary stuff is really dependent on the destination. I think romance, a lot of romance, like fiction and, um, and film and TV is actually legitimately invested in the journey because if you sit down to to watch a romance movie or read a romance book, yeah, you but kind of know if, how yeah. it's going to end. You know where it's going. We've talked about rom coms, like we touched on them just a little bit today. But like every time you turn on like a romantic comedy, within in the first act, you know how it ends. You know, like you know who the characters are. You know who the guy is that she shouldn't be with. You know who the guy is that she's going to end up with. And you just want to know, you know, how Harry met Sally. Like how they wanna, get there exactly. How they exactly. get there. And and I think. The, you do read for the journey and because the destination is is not predetermined, but you have a pretty, the genre tells you roughly where it's headed. And this book is a great example of that. Like I would say within the first three chapters, you have a pretty good sense of like, who is our main boy? Who is our main girl? And what's going to, not what's going to, not what's going to happen to them, but the fact that they're going to be together at the end is, what is, are they going to do to each other? Highly likely. <laughs> it's extremely likely. Yeah. Um, and all, along the way, part of why I love this book is the how, the journey is extremely, it's delightfully fun. It is, um, it's weird to use the word swashbuckling for a romance, but buckles mm. are swashed. Yeah. Buckles are swashed but, hardcore. Yeah. Um, yeah. You guys know, if, if I said, if I said, well, I think it's time for a game instead. Instead of, oh, instead of talking oh, about instead of talking game. about a I'm ready. Game. Um, I was going to ask if you guys knew what a rake was, but we'll use mm-hmm. this as a, as a way to get into this game. Do you know what a rake is? Um, it's a trick question. <laughs> it is. It is a trick question. Uh, I, I think of a rake as a, you know, besides a garden implement, I think of it as, as a cad, as somebody who yes. can't be trusted, who's maybe Good. like, um, mm, flirtatious with women, overly flirtatious, um, uh-huh. et cetera. Yeah. And, um, anything from you, Nick? No, I already made the joke. That was the thing that I contributed. 
Okay, great. Yes, <laughs> yep. this is correct. You are you are correct. A rake is somebody who's like is a rake um, knowing your roles. <laughs> like hard hard drinking, gambling, fa- extremely fashionable. A rake is usually fashionable. Um very handsome, devastatingly handsome. Uh he dallies with women. He dallies. Oh, That's what he does. Dallies. Um he he maybe is a bit violent. He do, he does some duels sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. did I say gambling? He does gambling. So gambling. this is what a rake is. And this, the, this, this book it's higher was a modern writer, but she did a ton of extremely specific historical research. Oh, so she yes. could, she could sound legit. So I'm going to ask you guys, um, I'm just going to bounce some, uh, some, some Edwardian terms off of you. And you can tell me, um, the game is called what doth it meaneth. And uh, I'm going to give you a word <laughs> and you tell me what that word doth meaneth. I love it. Do we get it in it's, context or is it just like going to be like rake? It's going to be mm-hmm. just like rake. Okay, can I use it cool. in a sentence? Um, you can. Yes, you can. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. I'm not okay. going to, but you certainly may. Um, I'm ready to fall flat on my face <laughs> as we all do. Okay. First word. Bosky. And I'll, you know, I'll spell it for you. Bosky. B-O-S-K-Y. If we say someone or something is bosky, what do we mean? You know, this reminds me, we had a slang term. Um, oh, I don't know. It was months ago at this point, I'm sure of like somebody who's like slightly off brand, like somebody who's like just not quite getting it right. Like their sunglasses are too big. Their jeans still have rhinestones on them like that. Like um, Nick, I apologize. I know you love your rhinestone jeans. <laughs> yeah, I am um, a but like, cowboy. That is, I, I think Bosky Ian is something like um, somebody who's just like a little out of touch, maybe socially inept, socially inept, I say. Okay. And Nick? And I will say. <laughs> Please give me um, as carefully a reasoned explanation as Joe just the, did. When <laughs> on, on your fingernail, that little thing that's on the little piece <laughs> of skin that's on the edge that just it really hurts. And when you peel it off. Well, you know? yeah, if you peel it off, just yeah. leave it. But you Nick, can't leave you it. can't just leave it, Joe. Oh okay, so God. you gotta bite it with your teeth or you gotta uh, peel it off. I mean, you could just, use a little clippers, but right. then then it doesn't get close enough. It's not okay. Good. You Neither of you are teeth. correct. Each of you need to give Rachel uh ten points from oh, your from Rachel, I only have two. <laughs> well, you're gonna need to go into debt for those points. Bosky oh. means drunk. So if you say, uh, oh my goodness, so and so is real bosky last night, you would be saying they're drunk. That was great. Cool. Uh, here's another one. If I say, is that Yiddish? No, it's just it's just English slang. It's just <laughs> English slang. If I say um, somebody is dicked in the knob, what do I mean? <laughs> Man, Guys, now that on. sounds like drunk. <laughs> dicked in the knob. It does. Yeah. It does sound like drunk. I think this is a trick game, Nick. I they're, think all up on yeah, they're all I drunk. Yeah, they're all drunk. Ian's drunk. an alcoholic. We're, yep. we're saying it right now, Ian. <laughs> Ian, A, you need help. B, they all need drugs. We're here for you, Ian. This is amazing because I thought about doing that, but then I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that game. If you say someone is dicked in the knob, um, you're saying they're crazy. You're saying they're they're just completely off their rocker. Um, They got a screw if if said If I said your your windmill has dwindled to a nutshell, what am I saying? You've lost your mind, I think. Oh, yeah, I think maybe something like that. Um, I, I think like I love the imagery here. Like the windmill has spun so much that there's nothing left. Yeah, I think it means that you're like <laughs> you've withered away. Like you you are a sh- uh, shadow of your former self. Um, 
Not really. Unless, unless <laughs> by, <laughs> unless by shadow of your former self, you mean financially. If you say, it's, uh, oh, oh no. Joe's windmill has dwindled bad. to a nutshell, we're saying Joe has lost all of his money. Oh, uh, bank that would account be, stuff. Yeah, that would be it's a good one. Okay, here's here's the last one. Um, I'll give you this. I'll give you one for free. If we talk about because you're you're not going to get this one. If we talk about mm. calf clingers, we're talking about mm. pantaloons. Calf yeah, clingers okay. are pantaloons. Wait, you um, think we wouldn't have got that one? Man, I don't definitely think jeans. you wouldn't have gotten Seems that like one. The one. Skinny we jeans. Have calf clingers are skinny no. jeans. No. Anyway, here's the last <laughs> one. If I say, if I say, I am knocked up. What am I saying? Nick, 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 I think it's a drink. Or I, wait, I think it's a trick. Not it's a, drink. a trick. Okay, it's a so trick. Not, I not think pregnant. he wants us to say pregnant, but I think it means drunk. I think he's going back to the drunk thing. I think he's doubling down on it. He's like, oh, I was going to yeah. do it, oh, but like then I the didn't song, do it. Joe, <sighs> sing it. Sing the song. Sing the knocked up. What song? Get, I get knocked up, but I get down again. Right, that famous <laughs> oh, song no. by Chumbawamba. Take a whiskey drink. Um, it is a whiskey drink. I'll Ian, take a point in this game. Is what I'll take. Drunk. Up we say means drunk. Not drunk. It means tired or exhausted. Uh, what? Like ever. I've been beat about a little bit. I feel like you I feel get, like life has beaten me about a bit. Because you guys have finished the game a perfect zero for five. Oh no. <laughs> and if this were a Facebook poll, uh the solution would be the answer would be you are not Edwardians. I do love this though, Ian, because like, as I was keeping, you know, when you start reading these books, I always just start keeping notes, even though I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about. And the first 50% of the notes that I kept here, like a full page of notes was just slang terms that yep. I thought were really great. Um, but by the way, I didn't get any of yours. Also, just a quick note on Georgette Heyer. Um, she had a library of over a thousand books that were like primary source materials from yeah. the Regency era. Um, she had stuff like the histories of snuff boxes and signposts and costumes. <laughs> At one point, she turned in a book to an editor and the editor was like, well, I think you got this thing wrong. And somebody else was like, hey, don't correct her. She knows more about this than anybody on the planet. <laughs> it's like she did not get it wrong. I, there's there's so much like fun facts about her. So many fun facts about her. One could one could wax poetical. My 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 only my only fact before we we, we get back to the book itself is that she wanted to. There was a, a famous British general named the Duke of Wellington, and she wanted mm -hmm. so badly to know how he like what he sounded like in his writing that she oh. bought one of his letters like as a rare document. She bought it so that she could know the way he like used language. It's incredible. Um, okay, so you guys both failed that, at that game, but that's okay. I kind of expected it. The moral of the Agreed, story is great. Edwardian slang is hard, and this book is fun, perhaps because of the Edwardian slang, but also definitely in spite of it. Um, our male love interest is one of these rakes. He is, he is, um, he goes hard. He drinks and shoots and, um, dallies and swears, and he races his horses way too fast when he's hungover. Mi mistresses mistresses um just lots of lots and lots of constant he's got a lot of he's got a lot of uh what are they called side pieces he's got a, a lot, lot of, of side interest pieces. he's got a lot of interest yeah um so in this book he ends up getting drunk and shooting this guy uh and then also he kid does a kidnapping he there's a long distance somewhat high speed coach chase like a stage coach chase halfway across france uh and then he does end up fighting a duel in the in a tavern with a guy who he thinks has married his lady love um so he is a he is a character who you have to kind of keep up with i would say he um he keeps you on your toes um and he's matched with this like the his his lady um, she 
she's just a she's a she's a fascinating person herself. She is she's so she gets concerned that he has designs on her honor, and so she steals one of his guns and sticks it in her dress and holds on to it for a few days. And then the opportune moment comes. Uh, she thinks he's coming after her. She pulls out the gun. He says, ha, 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 silly little lady, you won't shoot me. <laughs> and so she does. She shoots him yeah. right in the arm. Th- but this happens early. This is how they yeah. cross it's me- paths. It's a, it's a, is it it's a meat a, cute? It's a meat cute. It's, it's, it's a meat cute. <laughs> it's a meat shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Very good. Did you like this book? Oh, I love this book. I'm kind of a, uh, a sucker. I'm a sucker for like well done, like well crafted romance. Um, it's very mm-hmm. accessible. Like you're never confused. It's, it's not it's not trying to confuse you. The point is getting you as good of a story in with as little obfuscation as possible. And she just she just delivers. It just it hits a lot <laughs> of the right buttons. Um, there is a um, but I'm, I'm not really active on book Twitter, but book Twitter recently has been really, really invested in this thing called enemies to lovers, the enemies to lovers trope, where two people who originally are at odds end up being in a relationship. And sure. it's it's a beautiful like, oh, what a change. And these two characters, they do an enemies to lovers. It's really cool. It's like they seem diametrically opposite and then they end up together she doesn't do this abruptly. It's very smooth. It's very natural how we get from enemies to lovers. But um, by the end, it's 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 sweet and it's cool. It's it's um, it's just a it's just a fun read. I yeah. I I kind of lost track of the time when I was reading it. One one more one more time for me. Say enemies to lovers one more time, real slow into the <laughs> microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you lose uh, specifically because Rachel recommended Ian's book and um, we just need to break that mold. Yeah. Uh, So congratulations, (laughs) Ian. Yeah. Congratulations, Rachel. Uh, By my tally, you have like 528 points. (laughs) Rachel, you are rich. Your windmill is flowing. It is not a nutshell. Uh, You can cash those in, of course, at youdontknowlitpodcast.com and you can cash them in. Uh, specifically, we like it when you cash them in in order to recommend a book or recommend a theme. Um, you know, this this podcast has gone from an incredibly stressful thing in my life to one of the joys of my week. And uh, one of the things that I like the most about it is that I would have lived to be a very old man, you know, God willing, um, and never read a George Ed Heyer book. And now I have, and I'm super happy I have, and I'm happy I got to talk about it. So, Lidheads, if you have a book that you think we would really like or an author, we would love to read it. Head over to you don't know lit podcast.com um, and recommend those things. Um, and as Ian has proved this week, you won't necessarily lose, even though every other person besides this week has. <laughs> uh, so congratulations. Um, also review us on a podcast player of choice, et cetera, et cetera. And I think, I think that's it. Tell a dorky friend. All right. Congratulations, Ian. Congratulations, George at Hire, adding this victory to your long, long list of victories. Okay. This oh, quote. Fan of the show. This, and the show. Fan of the Big show. Big fan yeah. of the show. 
Thank you, Georgette, for, for being such a loyal supporter for 50 years. Um, this quote, to understand what's going on here, you have to kind of like, a lot of these books rely on specific sort of manners. So if you understand the manners that shape people's behavior, it makes a lot more sense. Um, and if you don't, it's confusing. So all you need to know, she does a pretty good job of making these manners clear. All you need to know for this quote is that women don't drink port. Port wine is out. You don't You don't do it. Um, port bad is what you're saying. Port bad for a lady. Por- yeah, port yes. is for boys. Okay. Port's for boys. Port is for boys. Mm-hmm. The Duchess had cast off her cloak and seated seated herself by the fire. Ah, bah, I do not want your ratafia, me. I will drink a glass of port with you, mon vieux. Lord Rupert scratched his head, tilting his wig slightly askew. Oh, very well. But it's not what I'd call a lady's drink. Me? I am not a lady, announced her grace. I have been very well educated, and I will drink port. 